British special forces do a daring raid on an ISIS bomb factory, a shaman in Russia begins his quest to end the reign of Vladimir Putin, and then who or what is destroying Iranian jets over their power plants. All this and more today on the military special of Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I know we were going to do the Dimensional Merge story today, but I came across some new information on that one, and that honestly is a very, very complex topic. I've tried recording it before, and it's just really, really hard to go over. There's a lot of weird ins and outs, so i got to figure out a good way to put that forward. But anyways, let's go ahead, and we're going to do this. We're going to do Military Day instead, and actually, all of these stories I've discovered fairly recently, so they're all pretty brand new. I've never heard of them before. They're totally obscure. And they're just so... That was a biplane. That was the Red Baron at the ending. But anyways, just imagine a montage right there. There's a military montage going on. It's me standing in the clouds. A bunch of planes flying by. I don't know. Military stuff. Military day on Dead Rabbit Radio. We got some cool stuff. First off, I want to say... But first off, before we start marching, doing military drills, I want to say thank you to William Bertles for supporting us on Patreon. Your patriotism is great. <laughs> I'm not a speech person. I'm not a military speech person. There's a reason why I'm not in the military, because I give bad speeches. I would be really good at the marching, because I walk a lot. And I'd be really good at carrying, like, 80 pounds and stuff like that, because I lost 80 pounds, so I know I can do that. Duh. But... Like, if they, if I ever got, became a general, like, if I ever got promoted to general, and they're like, you have to give this speech, because that's what generals do, apparently, in Jason's mind, generals just give speeches. I would stand in front of the assembled troops, and I would say, you're doing great, guys. And I would salute them, and they'd be like, oh, yay, that was an easy speech. Go out and blow stuff up. And they're like, yay, that's what we love to do. Not me, not me, I blow up. So anyways... It's the reason why I'm not in the military. I actually thought, I actually, to be fair, I went to enlist in the military after 9-11, and they said, you're too fat. You can't enroll or enlist is what we mean. You can't enlist in the military. You're too fat. And I was like, that's fair, because I was quite fat. And then as the war drug on, it was basically like, would you would you like to enroll? And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I wouldn't mind going to Afghanistan, but I, uh, you guys are in Iraq now? Black. I actually, my dad was in Desert Storm. He was a chaplain during Desert Storm, the first Iraq war. I had a buddy who was in the Battle of Baghdad, the second Iraq war. And he told me, this isn't one of the stories. This isn't one of the stories for the episode. But my buddy said that he was a tank driver. And he goes, it really sucked because when you go into the military, one of the reasons why a lot of people join is so they can get like free job training. He goes, I was a tank operator. Like, how does that translate to the real world? You can't even like drive a big rig. It's totally different. So anyways, he's a tank driver, Battle of Baghdad. He says they're one of the first tank divisions in the city. And some dude hopped out with an AK-47. Pop, 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 And they're kind of looking around the tank and they're like, what? <laughs> Lit him up, right? Shot him with a little machine gun. Liquefied the dude. And they're driving through the neighborhood. And another dude jumps out with an AK-47. Pop, 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 pop. Light him up. Just shred him, right? 
And that goes on for a while. And they're like, why do these guys keep jumping out with AK-47s? He goes, eventually we captured one of them. We were able to get him to drop his weapon. We captured him. And we asked him, why are you shooting at us? And what had happened is that Saddam Hussein, or the information minister, had told the people that, one, the U.S. was never going to invade Baghdad. But if they did, because they weren't really going to do it, their tanks were going to be made out of plywood. You could shoot right through them. So the government of Baghdad was lying to them to the very end and telling them, oh, no, no, you can shoot right through those hulking steel monstrosities. You'll be okay. And it was just a way to kind of slow down the forces. But now nah, he's like, yeah, dude, we, we killed quite a few people shooting us. We were totally protected. But what are you going to do, right? So, yeah, war is hell. But we are going to look at some interesting war <laughs> stories now going here. the first, And all of these stories have a, a... The first story is just kind of a really cool army story. But the other two are Dead Rabbit Radio related. Let's go to... We're in Baghdad. This story takes place in Baghdad. We're in Baghdad, though, last year. Still, it's still not a good place to raise your kids. So, anyways, Iraq, 2018. MI6 agents, those British Secret Service dudes. So, James Bond has noticed that this particular building has an awful lot of bomb material going into it. And no, there's not like they're selling fireworks. He's like, that's weird. They're bringing in a bunch of gunpowder into this particular building. But none of it's coming out in the form of snakes or bottle rockets so let's put this on our map for bomb making facilities so they call in the sas the british special forces second best special forces in the world usa usa so anyways the sas goes okay keep an eye on this building thanks james bond but now let us real people take care of this you go off on your fictional adventure so they're keeping an eye on the building and they start to get word in the neighborhood that multiple suicide bombings have been planned very very soon sas is like it's time to show these ISIS people are guns. I'm bad at making speeches. So anyways, the SAS, it's morning, right? And the ISIS dudes have just gotten done doing their prayers in the morning. Which, to be fair, would be a horrible time to get shot. So the SAS waited till they were done saying their morning prayers. And they started loading stuff up into this van. And then... Here's where we get to the cool part. Well, cool depending on whether or not you enjoy stories of bad guys getting blown to pieces. You you may not like that. So skip ahead a couple seconds. It's morning. These guys, are they're legitimate bad guys, okay? These are ISIS members planning a suicide attack. Yes, they are human beings with mothers and fathers and siblings and stuff like that. However, I understand the empathy to it. They were building suicide vests. I just gotta say that, because I know I'm gonna get some email about this story. ISIS members are in the house. SAS is outside. Door gets kicked in. Or maybe opened. I don't know. Maybe it's not so dramatic. Maybe ISIS forgot to lock the door. They open the door. They open the door. Dude, SAS guy, walks in with the Benali M4 Super 90 semi-automatic shotgun. So just the name makes you think that this is a super dangerous weapon. And it is. Very, very dangerous. He brings it to bear. And within seven seconds, kills five people. He comes up and goes, pop, pop. <laughs> that makes it sound like he's playing a game at Chuck E. Cheese. He comes in with a shotgun. Ka-ba-boom. 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 Turns to two other dudes who happened to walk in the room at that time. Ba-boom. Ba-boom! Now, the other SAS dudes are still, like, coming into the room, taking up positions. And after the fifth kaboom, 
Seven seconds has passed. A bunch of ISIS soldiers run into the room and immediately give up. Because what they walk into is five dead bodies and two of them missing their heads. And, again, two of the guys had on suicide vests, and one of them had was 50 pounds, and the report says it was almost all ball bearings. So these guys are just basically walking bombs at this point. That's, 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 that's that story. I don't know. I find that story very, very fascinating. You couldn't do that in a video game. So that was the SAS versus the ISIS story. So I, I like it. I'm sorry. I'm, I think it's a cool story. I know I'm going to get a bunch of emails about that one. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to our next story. The next story is actually Dead Rabbit Radio related, okay? But it does. This one's funny for a different reason. So anyways, that, not saying that story was funny, but it's okay. Let's go. It's funny because it's not typically something I covered. It was just the fact that five dudes got blown up in seven seconds. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic before you unsubscribe to the show. Hold on, there's magic coming up in this story. The year is March... Oh, it's this year, actually. It's 2019, right? It's March 2019. We're in Yak... Let's hop in the, let's hop in the carpenter copter for this one, because you're, like, all grumpy. You're like, that wasn't one. They're, I want to hear about the dimensional merge. You just told me a bunch of dudes getting blowing up with a shotgun chase. Talk about bait and switch. I'm like, no, no, come on. Get in the helicopter. We'll take. We'll do some loop-de-loops. We'll have fun. Okay, come on. Get in the helicopter, dude. And you're like, fine. You're stepping on brains. <laughs> You're like, I hate this episode. This episode's so gross. I'm like, come on, man. Get in the helicopter. We get in the carpenter copter. Wipe your shoes off before you get in the carpenter copter. We're in the carpenter copter now. <laughs> flying overhead. We're flying. We're leaving Iraq. And and you can control the radio. You're like, fine. Shut off this podcast. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to listen to the podcast. But you can listen to whatever you want. Anyway, so we're flying except shutting off the podcast. We're getting in the carpenter copter. We're leaving Baghdad. We're going to Yakutsk. Siberia, which is funny because I did not plan this to be a Russian-themed week. There's a lot of Russian stories. We're in this one I just found out about today. Actually, just happened today, really. That's why I found out about it today. Yakutska, Siberia. It's March 2019, and I know you're saying that's that's not today, but the story ends today. Okay, March 2019. There is a shaman of a village in. It's not a village. It's a city. Yakutsk, right? There's this shaman named Alexander. Gabyshev, Alexander Gabyshev, and he's like this, looks like Rasputin, has a big old beard, unshampooed hair, just typical shaman stuff, right? What is it about shamans or mystical people in general not bathing? It's super bizarre. And he's sitting in Yakutska, and he goes, we must do something about Vladimir Putin. He's a terrible man. He's been president for like 20 years now. He sucks. I'm going to cast a spell. I'm going to drive the demon known as Putin out of Moscow. So he gets his cane. He's like, stands up, slowly walks out of his hut. He actually probably has a one-bedroom apartment. But anyways, he slowly walks out of his one-bedroom apartment, gets in the elevator, ding, walks through the lobby. They're like, hello, Mr. Shaman. He's like, I'm not going to be back for a while. I'm driving out a demon. And they're like, very good, Mr. Shaman. He starts walking out of the building, hails a taxi, drives out of town. Now, he starts walking. One foot in front of the other. His plan is to walk from his city to Moscow. And by the time he gets there, Putin will be driven out. Like, he's going to gather all of this magical energy. Like, the very process of simply walking from Siberia to Moscow will actually build his power so when he gets there, Putin will be exiled. 
this weird metaphysical hypersigil type thing. And it's funny because we covered somebody who walked 3,000 miles previously. It was, uh, I think his name was Kutska, the cat. We did an episode a long time ago about a cat who walked from Siberia all the way back to somewhere in Western Russia. And his, his little paws, he, like his little claws were kind of worn down. And I think his tail was gone or his ears were gone or something like that. But he did it. So if a cat can do it, a human can definitely do it. And as this dude is walking, word of his exploits begin growing. This is 100% true. As he's walking, word of his like travels, people know, find out what he's going to do, starts to grow. So more and more people start following him. Kind of like Forrest Gump meets Jesus, which actually should have been in Forrest Gump. That would have actually been pretty cool. But that didn't happen. I guess he wouldn't need a time machine. But anyway, so this dude's walking and a bunch of dudes are following him. And he's like, yes, we are going to drive out Putin. Not through like guns or violence or anything like that. Just by gaining magical energy all the way. Everyone's walking down the street. Now, we go to July 2019, right? Now, I'm going to read you this sentence. And I don't know if it's me or the sentence. But tell me, I'm going to read you this sentence here. This was what happens in July. Because he starts, he stops at cities along the way. He has to get supplies. He has to go get a Big Mac every once in a while, right? And gather more people and get new shoes. So this was a sentence from this article from um, Yahoo. Previously in July in the Siberian city of Chita, Gabyshev spoke at a rally with hundreds attending, wearing a Che Guevara shirt. Now, I might just be kind of nitpicking here. But does it sound like Gabyshev is wearing the Che Guevara shirt or that the hundreds of people are wearing a, they're all like tucked into a giant t-shirt? Let me read this to you again because I leave me an email or a note because I don't need the emails from ISIS. I'm concerned about this one more so. Previously in July in the Siberian city of Chita, Gabyshev spoke at a rally with hundreds attending wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt. There's only one comma in there. After Chita and before Gabyshev, is Gabyshev the subject of the sentence? Is he wearing the Che Guevara t-shirt? Are the hundreds of people wearing a single Che Guevara t-shirt? And am I pronouncing Che Guevara correctly? Please email me or comment. I'm very, very concerned about this. I don't know if I'm losing my mind or if this is just a poorly worded sentence. Anyways, in July, he, in my mind, he goes to Chita and he sees 100 people all inside a giant t-shirt which actually makes sense because cheetah is the home of the world's biggest Che Guevara t-shirt but anyways why is he wearing that shirt anyway where did he get it from he's a shaman where does he shop he shop at hot topic anyways that was in july giant t-shirt 100 people in it august 2019 they reach the group this this big group reaches the siberian city of Ulan Ude, which you can't convince me that is also not a city in Mordor, but apparently it's also one on Earth, Ulan Ude. And this is where it gets awesome. I think the whole story is awesome, but rival shamans show up. So I didn't even know there was such a thing as rival shamans, but apparently in Russia you have gangs of shamans and they're like, yo, he's wearing the wrong aura. Let's go mess him up. So rival shamans show up and block him from getting into the city. And, but he has a bunch of dudes with him, right? So a fight breaks out between this dude. I don't know if he was actually punching people. He just stood back in his Che Guevara shirt, his giant Che Guevara shirt, and he's like, take care of this. His goons are beating up these rival shaman. A bunch of Gabby Chev's guys get arrested. And he's like, I'll pray for you. And they're like, no, just pay our bail, just pay our bail. Is he getting dragged off to a secret prison? But 
Then protests in the city erupt. So now the city's on fire. Not literally, just a bunch of people chanting and stuff like that. Because Gabyshev wasn't allowed to enter the city. Because Gabyshev's followers got arrested. And at the same time, a pro-Kremlin mayor was placed into power and they believed the elections were rigged. Mass riot breaks out. The riot police just arrest more people. Now at this point, Gabyshev's like, I'm out of here. Like he leaves that city. He keeps on his journey. September 2019. So here's, here's where we're at right now. The pro-Kremlin media is really trying to find dirt on this dude. They're like, does he watch a lot of Pornhub? Is he a big, like, creeper? Does he owe a lot of money to the mob? Like, we have to find something on him. They can't really find anything about him, but they're definitely writing bad articles about him. Now, the Kremlin opposition leader, so the guy who's trying to take on Putin, had this great quote. This was Alexei Navalny said this. Putin is scared. He's already stomping his feet and shouting, God, save me from this shaman. What if he really does banish me? Which I would love if that was an actual quote from Putin. But basically he's saying like, they're really trying to stop this guy from getting into Moscow. Like Putin may actually be afraid that this isn't a political movement, that there is some sort of magical power, which what I've discovered in the past week doing all these stories about Russia, there is a lot of occult beliefs in that country. A lot of UFO beliefs, a lot of occult beliefs, but they don't get a lot of play in Western media. The reason why I found out about this, the reason why I'm talking about this, is, and this is why it's part of our military special, because you're wondering where that was coming from. Within the past couple days, he's disappeared. Now, what's interesting is there's two versions of the article. The first article I read was Gabyshev was arrested by the military. They came in, put guns in his face, and said, you're coming with us. And they took him away, and he disappeared. But then the story came out that, yes... He had made camp with his followers. A bunch of military officers did come into the camp, went directly to his tent, pulled him out of the tent, arrested him. So that's the military angle. That's how I fit it into the military special. But now they're saying that those weren't Russian military. That wasn't Russian police. It was somebody else. Militia group, criminal group, who knows. But the shaman is missing now. Nobody knows who took him. Kremlin's denying it. And to make the story even weirder, and to tie it back to one of Dead Rabbit Radio's earliest episodes, he was arrested near Lake Baikal, a lake that supposedly holds humanoid aliens underneath it, and a secret military base hidden nearby. Was the shaman kidnapped to protect Putin? Or was he kidnapped? so the military could harness the power that he had been achieving. Military, see, I got it in there. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is the perfect blend, because it's on topic of Dead Rabbit Radio, and it involves the military. So here we go. This is what happens when you have a daily show, and it's 8 p.m., and you're like, I need to do an episode. I need to do an episode. But I'm enjoying myself. I hope you are enjoying yourself as well. Let's go ahead and put on our flight gear. Have you guys seen the trailer for the new Top Gun movie? That movie looks dope. And actually, let me talk about another movie that looks super dope. Joker. I can't believe I haven't mentioned that movie before. That movie comes out on my birthday. So I want to go see that movie on my birthday. But none of my friends want to see it. So I think I would rather go see Joker than hang out with my friends. Because that movie looks awesome. 
That movie looks great. I love Joker's probably one of my favorite villains. Doctor Doom, Darth Vader. I love both of those guys. Megatron. Those are probably like my top, but but Joker just I love his just chaos. Chaos. I wouldn't want to hang out with him. I wouldn't mind hanging out with Megatron or Darth Vader. I'd love to hang out with Darth Vader. Who was the other guy said? I already forgot. <laughs> I already forgot who. I don't know. Who else did I say? Just say he's one of my favorite villains. I can't remember him. Um, Magneto would be dope to hang out with. Like, I'd hang out with Magneto. I'd hang out with Darth Vader. I'd hang out with Megatron. I would never want to be in the same city as Joker. I think that would be the most terrifying criminal mastermind to ever run across. And the Dark Knight, like, really exemplified that. And I think there's a lot of scenes in that movie that are underrated. But for me, I think probably the greatest Joker scene is where he has the two guys. He has three guys fight to join his gang. And he drops, he breaks a pool stick in half and throws it in the middle of the three guys. And then they just cut away. And you're like, what the, like you, and, and later on, they show one of those guys in the background in his gang. So it's just a terror. I mean, imagine you're growing up in the inner city with your buddies. You're growing up in inner city Gotham. You joined the street gang. You make it. You're selling tons of crack. You guys all came up into the game together. And then one day a clown shows up and makes you kill both of your buddies with a pool stick just so you can join his insane gang. I think that was... People talk about people talk about him in the hospital and people talk about Magic Disappearing Pencil and the interrogation scene. I think that scene with Gamble's gangsters where he breaks the pool stick. I think that honestly is the most terrifying Joker has been. And here's another interesting thing about Joker. And I'll get to the I'll get to the Arant story in a second. But I find this fascinating. Joker, because there's some things you can't do in comic books. Joker is an insane lunatic who feeds off of fear. Like he loves chaos and fear. He's raped he's raped people. He's raped men and women, a hundred percent. Like if that character actually existed, Batman wouldn't be like, hmm Someone broke into this bank and they left behind this playing card. He would be like, another rape. Another rape. And it's the Joker. Like, because he would be unbridled chaos. The Joker is always chaotic, but he's like, he doesn't have rules. He'd be like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to like masturbate in your cake. Like, you couldn't. That's why I don't want to be anywhere around the Joker. So, I want to see the movie Joker. I want to see the movie Joker unbridled madness safely on the silver screen i would totally hang out with the other villains and the one i forgot who was it i said darth vader i said megatron magneto i added him but he wasn't one of the three i think he had a helmet (laughs) i'm trying to (laughs) dr doom dr doom yes i would hang out with dr doom he's pretty dope Although you never know if you're hanging out with him or a Doom bot. Anyways, anyways, let's go ahead and get back to the topic of the podcast for my one remaining listener, William Bur- William Burles is like, uh, can you mention my name on another episode that's more coherent? No, I can't. You're in this one, William. You're in it for life. Okay, let's go to Iran. But we're not going to take the Carpenter Copter because this one could end up poorly for us. Let's hop in. You know what we should get? We should get... um. Ah, never mind. We'll just drive the Jason Jalopy 
Too much brain power. We're in the Jason Jalopy. We're going across the desert. Where were we just at? Russia. So we're leaving Russia. It's pretty close to Iran. They invaded it a couple times. We're driving down from Russia. The shaman's like, help, help. He's like reaching out of his cell from a secret mountain. We're like, sorry, that story's over, dude. We're driving. We come to Iran. Now, we're in Iran. And we're watching. We got binoculars. And sandwiches, because we're going to be here for a while. And we're actually right outside an Iranian nuclear power plant, right? And we see, we're also back in the year 2012. Let me say that too. It's January 26, 2012. And you're like, Jason, just just tell the story. And I'm like, okay. We're watching, we're outside the nuclear power plant, right? We see a plane. (laughs) Sounds like a car. But it's an actual F-14 Tomcat, one of the most advanced interceptors ever built. It's flying. Now, there's a bunch of planes flying over the nuclear power plant because these are their most highly valued assets. So you have a bunch of... There's 40 F-14 Tomcats in their arsenal. They're kind of spread out over the country, over their nuclear power plants. They also have C-130 transport planes and other big old planes that are full of equipment for command and control. Now, January 26, 2012, an F-14 Tomcat it sees a bogey flying over the nuclear power plant. They're like, breaker, breaker. We see a bogey. We believe it's a drone flying over our nuclear power plant. Permission to engage. And then the military dudes are like, permission granted. Take it out. And so the plane's like, getting closer. And they can't catch up to this drone. Now, the U.S. flies drones over the nuclear power plants all the time. They have the Predator drones that they used to get footage. And then they have this highly experimental drone as well to get footage as well. These are spy drones. Their goal is to maintain secrecy, to not be super obvious, but every so often they get seen. And at one point, their experimental drone got spotted, and while an F-14 Tomcat was trying to intercept it, a stealth fighter, a U.S. stealth fighter, had to come into Iranian airspace and block the jet from getting to the drone, and they both flew off. So we do fly drones over there. But as this fighter jet is coming up on this drone... This bright blue light of a drone, the F-14, explodes in midair. Just completely disintegrates. Two pilots are dead. Now, the Iranian Ministry of Defense, I'm sure, I think that's what they're called. The Iranian military, at least that's a vague enough description, goes, Damn it! We've been having these drones fly over our nuclear power plants for a while now. We can't catch up to them. Like, these are different than the spy drones that they've seen. These are... Drones that are so fast, they jam our equipment. Right when we think we get a lock on them, our machine guns aren't working, or missiles, or whatever we use. (laughs) They're like, why are you in the military? You don't even know what you use. He's like, shut up. Trying to figure this out. What are these things? And so this information gets to the West. Obviously, the, the United States and Israel has a ton of spies. I'm sure Saudi Arabia also has a ton of spies in Iran. It starts to get back to the West. That whatever we're doing is working. The drones that we're using over Iran, they can't get them. They can't get this new type of drone. But what happens is the Pentagon's sitting there and they're looking at all these reports of all of these sightings of these drones. They know when their drones are flying, but they're looking at all these reports and they're going, these aren't our drones. Are they yours, Israel? And Israel's like, no, they're not ours. Saudi Arabia, are they yours? They're like, no. And people go, well, maybe the Pentagon has some highly experimental drones. And that's fair. They probably do. But let's look at what these these objects that the Iranian military has been facing for years now. One, bright blue. 
So right there, that really negates the idea of a spy mission. James Bond wears a business suit to blend in with business people. When he's in the middle of Africa, he wears, like, tourist clothes. He doesn't dress in a bright blue outfit and float around. Bring a little bit of attention to yourself, right? So they're bright blue. You're like, okay, maybe the psychological warfare. It's a drone that's capable of jamming the navigation, the radar, and the weapon systems of the fighter jets and the command and control vehicles in the area. We don't have a drone that's capable of doing that, but maybe we do, right? So maybe we do have a drone that's bright blue, and maybe we do have a drone that's capable of shutting down stuff. It hovers. Now, of course, the drone that you get at the hobby shop can hover, but Predator drones can't. And again, you're saying, well, maybe we have created a long-range drone that can hover. That's possible. These drones have been clocked at going Mach 10. The fastest drone that the Pentagon has is barely Mach 5. We have no one in the world has a drone that can go Mach 10. Nobody. The technology does not exist. And there's YouTube footage of one of these things. It is so awesome. Now, I know not. I know a lot of you guys are like listening to this when you're going to sleep or driving or at school, so it's not like you can pull up YouTube. But let me describe this picture to you because it's amazing. A couple minutes long. It's just a black night sky. And there's only two things visible in the video. A blue light flying from side to side on the screen and hundreds of tracer rounds from anti-aircraft batteries trying to shoot it out of the sky. And they don't hit it a single time. And it's just flying back and forth. Stops, goes one direction, stops, goes the other, flies up a bit, comes down, and just pop, 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 pop. There's nothing that we have that can go Mach 10. And if we had drones that could shut down navigation systems, weapon systems, and destroy planes in the sky with no ballistic evidence, we'd use them a little more often possible that we do have that technology and it's being hidden from everybody including the pentagon but then the question is who's using it because it's not the military it's not the cia is iran involved in a shooting war with ufos is there another faction either on earth or from beyond it that has interest in iran's nuclear capabilities it's one thing to search the night skies looking for UFOs. It's another thing when the UFOs come and look for us. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. 